You are listening to The Living Force, a Utini podcast. Hello, what have we here? Episode 14, The Freddy Awakens. <laughs> On this week's episode, a look back at all the SDCC Star Wars announcements and our thoughts on the rise of Kylo Ren. I'll show you the dark side. And now, here are your hosts. Dr. Corey Helton, Eric Eilerson, and Dr. Charles Henkel. Do you guys do this in gallery view or speaker view? What is the... A gallery view apparently is what... Wait. With everyone else talking. Oh no, I've been doing speaker view, but gallery view is fun. Oh, gallery view. I gotta check this. Oh yeah, gallery gallery view. view. This is way better. Whoa! What? Pretty bunch. Now I can see myself bigger. We've done 13... How many episodes is this? This is episode 14, and we just figured out how to see each other. Is anyone on this side? We? There's there's no... What? No. Nobody's on... Not for me. <laughs> it's, this is like a weird, like, Brady, Brady Bunch intro. You know what? Someone should take a picture of this little moment, and then this will be the next uh, twit, Twitter thing. Next twit. The next <laughs> it's a great this is a great time to plug your your tweet profile uh freddy wake up freddy that's what we call him now right you gotta do the wink oh i have i have you winking that's the screenshot (laughs) yes not intentional but it is i got crazy eyes oh yeah wake wake up freddy that's your twitter right okay i gotta make sure i gotta put that at the end I like that we're ha- I like these one-way conversations we have with Matt, and then like things happen or they don't, and that's how we know. Well, apparently we all don't have one-way conversations with Matt. Apparently, Freddie and Matt are like good buds, and I never knew. Very good friends. We know who are my pals. Everyone that listens to the Living Force podcast, episode fourteen. We are here, and I am joined today by some great Star Wars friends. My name is Eric Eilerson, and with me, as always, are Doctor Corey Helton. Hello. Hello, cheers, cheers. Cheers, cheers. We're drinking wine tonight. Uh, Dr. Charles Hankel. Hey, what's going on? And non-doctor, producer, and first-time host, Freddy. What's up, what's dude? What's up, homies? Oh, welcome to this side of the microphone, my friend. Hey, it's a good time. It's a good time. <laughs> yeah, it sounded Mr. like you were getting introduced for like a heavyweight bout there or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> This isn't Sunday, a round table. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Are we fighting? Is something? Did someone not tell me something that's happening on this episode? That seems like an important detail. If you read the yes. damn outlines, Charles, you'd know we're fighting. I didn't wear my spandex. <laughs> and it's a shame for everyone. Uh, but what's not a shame is the episode we're about to bring you guys because we are doing our first four-host spectacular. Um, as we found out last week, there are going to be some times when Various hosts aren't going to be able to make it because of scheduling, so we want to bring in some other people like Freddie every once in a while to kind of feel how we all work out and to see if really you are the cause of a giant dumpster fire, <laughs> Freddie. So if this is a bad episode, it's on you. No, no pressure. Sounds good. If the episode is a dumpster fire, it's not going to be Freddie's fault. It's definitely going to be ours. Uh, well, I'm going to pretend that didn't happen and go right past that because I want to give Freddie the floor, man. So you guys may know Freddie. Because at the end of every episode, we shout him out because he does so much work behind the scenes for this podcast. But, Freddie, take a second to tell the lovely folks at home in their earbuds how you came to Utini, what you've been doing for the last however long, and just kind of a little bit about cool, you. Cool, cool. All right. So, uh, let's see. I'm going to start with my love for Star Wars, right? So, let's go back. Good, good. Good start. <laughs> I really hate Star Wars, guys. <laughs> no, 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 no. No. So, so uh, I've been going to Celebration since... Uh, since LA so that was C4 that was definitely C4 
That's so impressive. Is <laughs> that like 16 celebrations? I think it's been 13 so far. That's, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. so impressive. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the very first one, uh, there was a, a podcast little corner where they would all uh, record and they would have their their uh, friends and family kind of thing, right? So let's go years later. Uh, I go to sh- uh, Chicago and I immediately I followed up with uh, with an email from Corey. And what did it say? We were hiring, looking for people interested, right? Because uh, you got interested in the podcast, right, Corey? Uh, yeah. So anyway, got an email, decided to send in my resume. I sent in, I would say, my my full work resume. <laughs> yeah, it was extensive. <laughs> yeah. Very extensive. So yeah, I ran a, I ran a few podcasts. Um, one called The Beacon, which was very pop pop culture related. And then, uh, which is super ironic, by the way, because we were planning on calling this podcast originally the Beacon. But then Freddie went and ruined that for us. So totally, uh, totally ruined it. You knew, you knew us, you knew us before we knew ourselves. Single-handedly ruined the Beacon <laughs> and, Star and, and Star Wars and you've seen it. <laughs> Freddie ruined my childhood. Exactly. So anyway, uh, <laughs> building my own R two D two. You know, I'm an electrical engineer, so I'm really into that. It's my thing. And uh, I forgot to tell you guys that. <laughs> yeah, I had no That's idea. News. Yeah, yeah. Full scale R2. When is he coming on as a co-host? Hey, man. Anna- Anaheim. Wait for it. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so excited now. <laughs> so, uh, oh, my God. Amazing. Yeah, that's me. That's me in a nutshell. Dude, well, you've been doing killer work on this podcast. If your R2 is, is getting a tenth of the effort you're putting into this podcast, then, man, I can't wait to see it. Uh I mean, I'm staying at your place next year, so I'm going to be very – a less creepy word than intimate with this droid. I don't – none's really coming to me. I'm not, I'm not going to be that intimate with your droid. Sex. <laughs> well, hey, according to Solo, it works. Oh. So. Well, let's, uh, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Freddy's no uncomfortable with the idea of you having sex with his robot. <laughs> And I'm the weird one. See, you know, uh, so what's you know that that uh, Fifty Shades of Grey? I don't know. It's a red room or whatever. Mine will be the Star Wars room. All right. There it is. Oh Just, man, stay tuned for that on episode sixty-nine. Um, took a turn for the worst. <laughs> oh, so there's Freddie, everybody. Welcome, welcome, Freddie, into your ears. Thank you for tuning in for his first episode in our fourteenth, which is super exciting. A couple things before we jump into the meat of this week's episode, which will be kind of breaking down everything that happened at San Diego Comic-Con in the world of publishing last week. Quick plug. Next week, I will be on the Friends of the Force podcast, uh, which is a relatively new podcast, but they're super cool. They're super collaborative. I recorded last night with Alderanian Rose. If you know her, she's huge on Star Wars Twitter. And we got to talk with Brad, the host, about Alphabet Squadron, about some of these very same things we'll talk about today. The conversation was super fun, super chill, and definitely go give them a subscribe and put more of my voice in your ear holes, and that'll be next week on Monday, the 29th of July. Can't wait to hear that. It's, it's, it's a ton of fun. They're great people. I mean, that's one of the things that we've been talking about all the time on this show is how much this community is just kind of ridiculously welcoming and awesome. Yeah, f- sure, sure, definitely. For the, for the most part, most of it. Most of it is. I think yes. we, can be, we can be fair and say that's that prob- there are probably some folks in the, in the podcasting community that are not as super welcoming, but we've not really interacted with any of them. We've only had super positive experiences, which is awesome, which is great because we're new and it's really great to be welcomed by other people that are so cool about bringing on other hosts and stuff so yeah so keep your eyes up for that i know we got more collaborations coming up in the next month i'm super excited about 
So we are recording this episode on Tuesday, July 23rd, <laughs> a little bit earlier than usual. And today is the day that the third book in the new canon Thrawn trilogy came out, Thrawn Treason. Now, for full transparency, Corey and I did get advanced review copies of the book. We've been reading it for a bit. Uh, Charles was lucky enough to start today. So I want to get your guys' initial thoughts on Thrawn Treason. I'm not talking spoilers. I'm not talking overall <laughs> reviews. Those are coming way later. But just to acknowledge the fact that it was released, what are our initial thoughts? Corey, first to you, a couple sentences on this book. How far are you into the book, Eric? I'm about 100 and 190, somewhere around there. 180, okay, 190. You're, you're ahead of me then. I'm on like 155-ish, I think, okay. so I looked at it last night. Um, I like it okay. It's good. I mean, uh, you know, we, we're not really s- super secretive about this at, at UTE. Like, Thrawn is one of those characters that's totally hero-worshipped in the Expanded Universe. and. Yeah. Partially, justifiably so. He's a great character, and his portrayal in Rebels was awesome. But, uh-huh. you know, a lot of – a very small minority of fans, which, funny enough, I think we were kind of included in that, have sort of acknowledged, like, his unbeatable nature to some degree it rubs us a little bit. So we don't we don't just hero-worship Thrawn, which I think is good because we look at – we look at like a group of books about a character that's like pretty critically acclaimed in the Star Wars community. We look at them, I think, a little more objectively. I think than I think most people look at the Thrawn books with. Yeah. Um, now, all that being said, like I really like this book. It's very, very good. Thrawn Treason is a gigantic step up from Thrawn Alliances, which wasn't really a big secret that we did not absolutely love on the team. So, mm-hmm. I like it a lot. It's it's way less. Uh, it's way less like about Thrawn being super, super unbeatable, at least at the point that I'm in the book. Uh-huh. Um, there's lots of really great tie-ins to other stuff. Like uh, um, I won't give away any giant spoilers, but like Tarkin is a big character. Um, Director Krennic uh, uh-huh. is a big character. And Rogue One is my favorite film. So like I love getting any touches to the Death Star and all the stuff that was happening around there. So like that stuff is awesome. And I love seeing like the bigger – the bigger empire participating. That's just some of my favorite stuff in star Wars. So like, um, I like it so far. Um, I'm expecting it's going to finish pretty strong and I'm excited to see where it goes. Go pick it up. If you haven't already. Cool. Charles thoughts. Yeah. So I was really excited about this book. I might be a Thrawn hero worshiper, um, that Corey was mentioning before. Wow. I really, I really love that character a lot. Um, enough that I finished a, a night shift, an overnight shift that was 16 hours and immediately rather than going home, drove to the bookstore to pick <laughs> this book up. I've only read about 50 pages, but I will say that I have some pretty high hopes just from what I've read so far. I am a big fan of Eli Vanto, and I think him being missing from the second book from Thrawn Alliances was a big reason why that book maybe didn't land as much. And I'm not really sure what it is specifically that he provides but it's almost like the the Holmes and Watson like you need the Watson to really appreciate the Holmes and um, it, it's just good to have him back I'm really excited to see kind of where his story goes because he's one of the most I don't know the biggest unanswered question for me in the whole thing and then is this is this confirmed as a trilogy or would there potentially I'm be more sure. books? Because I don't know that I've ever heard the word trilogy used officially. Yeah. I have. I've heard it. Officially you have. Used. I think they. I think they said it at celebration. Actually. Yeah. Okay. I think that Zahn has definitely said he's he's willing to do more uh, stuff with Thrawn. I mean, obviously, we know Thrawn's fate at the end of the book based on where it lands in the timeline. But right. I I think that these three stories, like with the Grisk stuff, I think 
but there's a potential for that for some questions. Yeah, to you know what? Actually, now that you say that, Charles, I don't think I don't think any sort of official sources have like it's never it hasn't been marketed as a trilogy. So right. maybe yeah, maybe I guess it just makes sense because it's maybe been like it's three too, consecutive years. It's been that's 17, 18, 19, and you usually only do yeah. that if it's like a three book deal. I definitely know I've heard some semi-official people say it like out loud, but I've never seen it in writing anywhere. I don't know if Del Rey has ever confirmed that. So maybe I would say that it's probably open enough to not have to be a trilogy. So yeah. that would be I mean, I've been writing maybe, that in all our press releases, so I really hope it is. Maybe, maybe. Uh, <laughs> well, right now, right now it's a trilogy, but maybe it's a trilogy until it's not, right? Until it's yeah. a quadrology. Yeah. Uh, Freddie, over to you, man. You know, so there's one thing that I feel Corey had it 100%. If there's one thing that Disney went into the archives for and they're like, let's just revive one thing from the past, it was definitely Thrawn, oh, yeah. 100%. Yes. Yeah, that's true. And I think it was due to, like, it, it, now if you think about it, I don't really think about the stories. I think more about how it's written, right? Where it's like, develop the problem, have the solution, and then write in all the fill to figure out, you know, like, the steps of everything. But Thrawn's already at the end, right? We already know that. Mm-hmm. So the way they're written is very interesting because if you think about it it's a lot like chess right like the whole thing is about is is very similar to chess where uh you know let's just say it's like a supercomputer right so he's already got five steps ten steps maybe the whole way completely mapped out and if you look at everybody else it's like man if if you read the book again you will just be like (laughs) all the signs were there everything was kind of there right Sure. They just didn't spend mm-hmm. the time to to look at the details. Now, this new one, I'm not really into it yet. Uh, unfortunately, I don't get advanced copies like some people. <laughs> but uh, sure, sure. But just just based off of history, if this is anything even remotely close to uh, Thrawn alliances, or even just you know Thrawn, the beginning, uh, the the very first one, I would say it's it's going to be. You know, it, there's there's gonna be people that love it and hate it. They they, they love that that he can figure out all these things. He's super smart, and the others are just like, oh, come on, you know. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. Yeah, I uh, yeah. So I'm I'm kind of more in. I'm probably weirdly I'm gonna be the, the most negative one today, uh, mm. which it might be a first for our show. Who are you? I know. Uh, I'm I'm not a huge Thrawn fan. I came to him late. I loved the first book. I thought it was good because it showed him as kind of a fallible outsider because he didn't understand what the Empire was, so we saw him having to learn and get really good, and he fought the xenophobic behavior to like kind of rise to the top, and that was interesting. Throne Alliances, it wasn't great. And this book, I'm just finding that Holmes-Watson thing you guys were talking about is pretty apt, but I don't want to read a book from the point of view of Holmes. Because as an as a reader, if I'm not in if I'm in his head and he's hiding stuff from me, that doesn't make sense narratively to me. So I found with this book, there there's less Thrawn as it goes along, as like some of the parties split up and do some other some other missions. Again, no spoilers here. But that being said, I'm still kind of confused as I'm reading as to what the purpose of these individual missions are and what what is the endpoint we're all going to. And I feel like Zahn is almost treating me like one of Thrawn's subordinates. Where, like, mm. Thrawn gets punched in the face, and you go, oh my god, that was awful. And he says, no, I expected to be punched in the face because I have this plan. Oh, you're bleeding. Exactly as I had hoped, because... Oh, no, you didn't plan that, okay? Like, there's no way you actually did all this. And, like, I'm like, Zahn, where are you, where are you leading me on, at the end of it? 
And I don't want this whole book to kind of hinge on the last 15 pages of reveal because it's 330 pages before that. So I'm at a point where I, it's, it's not a, it's not a bad book, right? It's fine. I, I, but do, I, you, do you think it's going to be better than alliances? I, yes, yes, yes. I will, I will so you, far you were, about you that. were probably the, one of the more outspoken on our team that you did not like alliances. Not yeah. Really. I think yeah. just the pure writing craft of the book is better than alliances. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Alliances suffer, suffered from plot, suffered from characterization, and just from writing overall. Yeah, this book I think at least is written well, and there's some parts that I'm actually enjoying as they go along. Yeah, uh, the same can't really be said for Alliances, but I just having just read Alphabet Squadron, which I loved, and I just read Chuck Wendig's Wanderers, which was an 800 page book that I couldn't put down. I'm finding that this 300 page book is taking me longer because I'm. I'm I'm looking for excuses not to read it sometimes, and that's never sure. a good sign. So yeah, that's I mean, true. I will say that if you're a Thrawn fan, it's Thrawny Thrawn, man. It is, it is him. And if you love that, you got to pick it up. I'm also going to dive into the audiobook, which might help a bit with Thrawn because I love Mark Thompson's voice using him. That's true. So there's definitely a potential that it works better in that format, which we'll add into the review definitely in the next ten days. So we'll see. And. Again, stay tuned. In the next month or so, we'll all be talking about that with full spoilers, but we just wanted to kind of get initial thoughts in to let you know we're reading with you. And if you're reading and you have similar thoughts to us, tweet at us, at LivingForcePod. Tell us, are you loving it like us? Are you disliking it like us? Are you somewhere kind of in the middle? What's your history with Thrawn? All that, we love the conversation going back and forth. Yeah, so kind of on a, before we transition too hard, kind of on a similar note to Thrawn, um, I've been working on my sort of like ideal reading order list a little mm. bit. Yeah, so I've, I've been kind of doing that like between patients and stuff this Lucky. week. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's awesome. And so because I want to do it, and I figured out I think a cool way to do it, and it's using that sort of tier system that we built originally, where you have books that you should absolutely read first out of canon, and like kind of like close seconds that are really good, but maybe not quite as good as that first tier, and then three is like. Is like it's getting into that. I don't know if if it's absolutely necessary to read. They're okay, and then four is like you can skip these if you want, right? So that's my right. four tier system. So doing that actually makes creating a reading order really nice because it's big groups of books you can read really in any order. And something I've really struggled with is where to put the second two Thrawn books because Ooh. the first Thrawn book is absolutely tier one. Like it's amazing. I'd actually what, agree to that. Yeah, it's one I, I would put it probably in the top five. Maybe that would be strong. Might be number five on that list of like the wow. like the best <clears throat> canon books I think that have come out. Full length novels. Thrawn is great. Um, alliances and treason. Like hard to say about treason yet, but alliances definitely not so much. So that's sort of interesting. Uh, interesting thing is like if this is a trilogy like am i actually going to tell people not to read the trilogy in that order because i don't think it matters that much i think if you just read thrawn that's all you need if you don't really care that much or if it's just like you know what i know who thrawn is that that encapsulates everything that he is so you don't have to really go any further true i actually agree because i think i i love thrawn and rebels personally i think that's a that was my first um interaction with him even before i read the first thrawn book Mm. and then i went back and i know that that's kind of a controversial thing too because in the show he's not as all powerful because he's a villain you know he's mm-hmm. not just a protagonist so you don't have to root for him as hard so i think that's an interesting kind of dichotomy you know Corey, you say that and it makes me think i want to spring an amazing game on the on the four of us that i have never thought of in my life <laughs> but Corey, you inspired me and you do that a lot you know what i mean so i want to go around because, Corey, you mentioned a tier system with books. You mentioned that you're organizing them tier one, tier two, etc. 
I think I want us to give a preview of our ideal reading orders here. So here's the game, y'all. You get one tier one book, you gotta read it. You get a tier two book, which you should read it. And you get a tier three book, which is, if you like this kind of stuff, you could, but it's not ne- it's not really necessary. Sound doable? Can, le- can Legends a- or canon? Uh, Any book? Hmm, let's just do canon. Let's make it a little harder. Okay, let's uh, also make the caveat that we can't say the same books. All right. Ooh. So, this is spur of the moment. We're not getting homework time, y'all. Audience, we're not cutting here to pause it. We're just going to go right in. So, Corey, since you've been thinking about this, I want to start with you, brother. Tier one. What uh, is your Master tier and one? Apprentice. Ooh. Yeah. In fact, Master and Apprentice, actually, right now, until, you know, obviously I'm going to get y'all's feedback on this, of course, like once after mm-hmm. I get a little further into it. But Master and Apprentice is currently in my number two spot on my list. I love that. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right. Charles, tier one book. What do you got? My tier one is going to be Dark Disciple. It Ooh, was great yeah one one of my favorite canon novels just personally, and I think that it ties in so many of the other you know forms of Star Wars stories just from the Clone Wars TV show, etc. You get a lot of bang for your buck. Awesome, Freddie. All right, you guys are gonna hate me for this one, but uh, uh, I know we're going canon. Darth Plagueis. I'm gonna go with Darth Plagueis. It's not canon. I know it's not, but I'm going to start with that, and then I'm going to go to canon. There's one rule. I'm doing two, man. He just made it canon. (laughs) So Darth Plagueis, right? Oh, God. It's your first day. (laughs) But uh, the reason is because I feel like so much comes from that, right? I mean, I feel like even now when you read some comics and when you read some uh, canon books, it it actually still references some of that stuff. Oh, yeah, totally. Like Revenge of the Sith does, and that book is like all the um, the – We've never talked about this on the show, but all the like movie novelizations are like borderline canon. Like, mm-hmm. in fact, I had them categorized as loosely canon on Utini because they kind of are canon in a lot of ways. But Ridge of the Sith references Plagueis a bunch of times. So, all right, okay. Well, I guess we can. Allow. All right, rules don't matter. Great. So Plagueis, <laughs> um, my tier one book is going to be Lost Stars. I I think it's just of course. if you're a Star Wars fan, you got to read it. Full stop. Easy peasy. Yeah. Corey, tier two. You should read it. Mm, trying to think what's a good tier two book. Uh, maybe Catalyst, I think. Catalyst is, oh, okay. I think, I think I like in that. my tier one, but could probably belong in tier two, I think. Yeah, that's, that's actually a pretty good choice. I, I would agree with that. I, I liked it a lot. I didn't need it, but it definitely was well written and like helps the, the viewing of the film a lot. Totally. Charles? I'm going to go with Rebel Rising. Damn it! I think... Oh, that was, was that mine. yours? Yeah, I agree. Totally. Go ahead. <laughs> or did you just stub your toe? I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that if you enjoy Rogue One, if you want to know more about Jin or so, then it's probably a must-read for you. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. I didn't love it as much as a lot of the other people on the team, but uh, I think it's it's pretty solidly a, a Tier 2 for me. Love that. Freddie? So I'm going to go with uh, – I think I'm going to go with Phasma. And the reason why is... Oh, my God! <laughs> that, that was the next one I just <laughs> So the thing is, the movies just do not justify the actual person that she is. And you could feel it. You could see she's yeah. such a badass. She, she's she got this this amazing armor, supposedly a captain or, or uh, you know, a captain of, of the squad. But, like, <laughs> we don't see that at all in any of the movies. And in no. order to find out who she is and what she's capable of, you have to read Phasma. Uh, you know, it, it, mm-hmm. if you don't read it, then great. You're probably still going to like Phasma because, I mean, the, the armor is sick. Her her skills are mm-hmm. sick. 
but uh, without reading it, man, it's it's like, damn, this girl is this, she's intense. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I completely agree. That's where I was going next. Uh, so, at the risk of doubling up anything, my tier two will now be uh, Inferno Squad, Battlefront Two, Inferno Squad. I I think it's a super solid book. I think it's a really interesting look at Imperial, d- d- the start of Imperial Defectors. Right through the campaign. I think if you like the Battlefront 2 campaign, you want more Aiden especially, it's a great book for that. Personally, I think that Alphabet Squadron did the defection stuff a little bit better, so that's actually in my tier one. Hmm. But Infernal Squad... That's in my tier four. Okay, (laughs) all right. Listen back to the past two episodes to hear why Corey's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But I definitely think Infernal Squad is a solid read. I had a great time with it. It just doesn't quite get into the first top tier. And Corey, tier three. If eh, good, tier three, but. tier three is is like yeah, it's like pretty good. But I mean, you could probably get away with skipping if you really wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, I have uh, a lot of the. This is this is probably too easy of a shot. I need to look at actually my actual list. I have a lot of the movie novelizations in tier three. Like oh um, yeah, okay. I I did not love the Last Jedi novelization. Mm-hmm. It was super generic. Like exactly, like it was identical to the script of the movie. So like. That's not interesting to read as a novelization, as opposed to something like Revenge of the Sith, which is like arguably maybe the best Star Wars book that's ever been written, yeah. which is not at all like the movie. Um, and then the solo novelization was probably it's probably Ooh. tier two at least because yeah, it's really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yes, but, it was really good. Um, yeah, I'll say something like like the Last Jedi novelization. Okay, love that, Charles. Uh, don't kill me, Eric, but I'm going to say Queen Shadow would be a tier three for me. It's higher than I thought you um, put it. It's higher I, than I thought. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at the risk of all of this recording just immediately shutting down because I've mentioned its name. <laughs> oh my god, no! Um, yes, thank you. Yeah, it's me. it's tier three for me just because I think that it's a great book if you have certain very like niche interests within Star Wars. But if not, then it's not really gonna be your cup of tea, which it wasn't for me, but it was for a lot of people. Totally fair, Freddie. This is gonna be weird because I never thought it would be in my tier three, but the more I think about it, I kind of like it. Dark Disciple. And Whoa, it's okay. it's a little out okay, there, really? right? And so it was like what I think yeah. it was one of the first books that became canon, right? If I can remember, yeah, I think it was the I want to say the second okay. book, maybe. Yeah. I know Heir to the Jedi was the first one, I think. Or Heir is it Heir to the Jedi? I think uh, it is. Yeah, with that was Luke New Dawn. Dawn. Yeah, New Dawn yeah. was the first one. Was it? I think you're. I think you're right. It was. It was, it was, it was early, one of the first ones. Yeah. <laughs> so I think what I liked about Dark Disciple was it kind of made the dark side, or just this gray area, made it very interesting because I don't feel like we've gotten too much. Where it's like, man, maybe I would have been a Sith, you know? <laughs> and, right. and I feel like it really underlines, like, the, the failings of the Jedi and and how they pretty much set themselves up for failure, in a sense. You could just see it. It's- we love Fall of the Jedi on here, that's for sure. Yeah, I think the only thing that I talk about Dark Disciple, I agree with everything you said. I just put it a little higher. But um, I'm going to round it out with my Tier 3 is going to be Last Shot. I, mm. I really I enjoyed that book. It was honestly a tier one or tier two when it started out when I started reading it. And by the end, the the threads kind of got a little harder to follow. Where it's if you're a Han fan, I think you gotta read it. If you're a Lando fan, you gotta read it. If you like solo, definitely. But as far as the bigger implications of the world, I, I prefer things like Most Wanted and the solo novelization <clears throat> to it. Yes. Most wanted is tier one. Most wanted is definitely it. tier one. It it is tier one for me too. Yeah, so so I guess that's a little preview of Corey. I, I love that idea that you had. And as you put that together, we'll definitely put it on the site and we'll shout it out on here. And who knows, maybe the rest of us will put up some reading orders too so people can kind of pick and choose. That'd be a lot of fun. All right, so what I want to do right now, I want to take a quick break. <laughs> 
to hear from a Utini member, and then we're going to dive into some Comic-Con news. All right, so we'll be right back. Hey everyone, it's Heather again, social media manager and content creator for Utini. Last time, I talked about how the Darth Bane trilogy got me hooked on the Star Wars Expanded Universe. If you missed out on that cameo, check out episode 5 of The Living Force when the team collaborated with the folks at Nerd Herder. But today, I want to share with you my first experience with the new Disney canon. I was so excited to find out that the new canon is officially linked to the main saga, and so I set off to start my new journey. I decided to start with The New Dawn by John Jackson Miller since it was the first novel to be published in the canon era, and I was watching the Rebels animated show at the time. The novel left a great first impression in my heart, and I'm thrilled to share that it enhanced my watching experience with Rebels, specifically regarding Kanan and Hera's relationship. These immediate connections are what make the new canon worth reading. I've seen it between Catalyst and Rogue One, Most Wanted and Solo A Star Wars Story. Really, there's too many to count. Go try out a canon novel if you haven't already. I promise you won't be disappointed. And if you want to share your Star Wars reading experiences, you can chat with the entire team live on our Discord server. You can find the link to our server at utini.com. See you there. And we are back. I've, I've wiped my tears away after the beauty of that clip made me weep like a baby newly born. <laughs> Thank you, Heather. Oh, was it Heather this week? Yeah. Oh my god, now that we have the producer on, we actually have a little info about these clips. <laughs> oh, no, what do you mean, wrong. Eric? We just listened to it. It was so oh. wonderful. God, I, I, I caught up in my own lies, Corey. I don't know how to figure it out. <laughs> but now that we are back, I want to dive into Comic-Con news, guys, because this last week we had the San Diego Comic-Con, and while there weren't a lot of Star Wars announcements, because we have D23 coming up, we just had Celebration, there were a lot of Marvel announcements. Man, if you got any Marvel fans out there? It was a great weekend for it that. It is Comic-Con, though. I mean. Yeah. Can can I just say quickly, Eric, before we start this Comic-Con segment, that one year ago today, I was filming a, one of the first Utini Tuesday videos that we did on Facebook Live, and I was talking about San Diego Comic-Con, essentially speaking out into the ether to, like, nobody. Because this was, oh this was relatively... This was early on, and obviously Utini Tuesdays are no longer a thing, but this just this feels very nice to be here one year later from that point, and I know people are hearing this, and they're going to be interacting with us, and I'm talking about all this stuff with you guys, and it's just, it's nice. It's nice. I love that. Man, we've come so far. That's beautiful, man. And you know what else is beautiful? <laughs> Everything that was talked about at Comic-Con, specifically the Lucasfilm publishing panel, which is obviously what we're most interested in around here. There were a few cool announcements as far as publishing goes with novels and comics, and I just want to get your guys' initial opinions on most of it, and there's one really big drop we got that I kind of want to focus on quite a bit. But first things first, Kevin Scott, friend of the show, episode 8, I believe is Kevin's episode. If you want to go back, we had a great interview with him. He's the author of Dooku Jedi Lost, and it was announced that that script of that audio drama is going to be coming out in hardcover in October. Yeah. And that's awesome. So question, do you guys think this is awesome? I, I totally agree. This is really, really big news, like because that was a big question. Is is this audio drama going to be like ever released in, in like a book form? And right. do you think that this was originally the plan, or do you think that the pressure that that they got to say that like this needs to be a book? Like, for example, there was a lot of like people talking on Twitter about like what about 
people that are blind. Or, I'm sorry, not blind. Deaf. <laughs> deaf. What about people that are deaf? Sure. That was really insensitive. Ooh. <laughs> what about people I, that I are honestly deaf? I never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't. I, I don't think this. I don't think they did either because the way that they like responded to the tweets were like, oh, <laughs> like that was the tone. Just like. Mm-hmm. We forgot about those people. My bad. So yeah. I wonder. I wonder if they did this out of pressure, because people were begging mm. for it to be in in book form. You guys think they did? One hundred percent. Really? Yeah. yeah. I think so. Why well, such strong feelings? You know, if the way I feel about it is, if there's a reason or a disability of like someone really wants to do it, but like I can't, I can't do this at all. I think they're going to do anything they can. I mean, as good humans, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, that's kind of a beautiful sentiment to it because. I mean, my brain initially goes to people don't like audiobooks or something as much than, hey, I want this story. I don't want to miss out on this story, which I think is also not something to cave to, but something to take into account. Like, okay, yeah, we want as many people to have access to this as possible. But that's an angle I never thought about. And I think that's actually a really cool thing, frankly, by Lucasfilm Publishing to do to say, you know what? This wasn't originally in my on our pipeline. And I know even to put out any kind of publication takes a lot of people a lot of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, I think that's a really awesome way that those people can finally have that kind of accessibility. Yeah, And so huge props to them. And selfishly, as, a, as an actor, right, as my actual job, this is going to be like a Star Wars play that's hardbound. That's, that's super fun. Which I mean, has something... never been done, as far as I know. I think the, the only time it was was like the NPR radio dramas they did. They yeah. did release bound scripts of that. Yeah, and, they, like, and there's I, uh, I have one on my shelf. I found it at a used bookstore. There's the one that was written uh, for Celebration, actually. There, uh, oh, Smuggler's really? Bounty or something like that? I think so, yeah. There's like three of them already. Oh, vaguely okay. ringing a bell. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's it's going to be super fun. And if you're listening to this and you haven't checked out Dooku Jedi Lost yet, we raved about it at the beginning of this podcast, kind of our first... One of our first roundtables was about that, and we were all super fans about it. The Utini ratings on the website are really high. Our full reviews up there is very glowing. We love Kevin's work. We love that story, and I'm really stoked that a lot of people now are going to be getting new access to that. And, I mean, I can't wait to read it again. It's going to be really cool to see how it translates. Yeah, I'm excited to have it on my bookshelf, too. That's one thing about having an audiobook or an audio drama is, like, I don't get that weird sense of satisfaction of like looking across the room and seeing it, you know, right there, holding it yeah, in my hands. Totally, totally. Yeah, there's definitely a part of that. So we're definitely going to be excited for that. That's coming in October, I believe, and we will keep everyone posted on that. Another stuff they talked about was some comics releases. Now, when we talked to Kevin, he talked about the sequel to his Tales from Vader's Castle. He's writing called The Return to Vader's Castle, and we got some cool covers about that. Um, and they're gorgeous man i'm looking at these things right now they look horrifying i actually haven't seen these yet let me pull it up yeah they're pretty cool i mean there's definitely some swamp thing um influences on a vader helmet there's some cool kind of more cartoony um batman the animated series vibe art with vader adventures and tarkin and i think honestly the more star wars can kind of hit on these holiday events like these halloween type stories and then they, maybe they can branch out into more and more and more can kind of keep the stories evergreen as we get more years oh, yeah. between movies i'm super yeah, excited about like, this yeah me too it looks like um what was that what was the future batman tv show called the batman beyond was, yeah it looks like batman beyond yeah now freddie are you you read the tales from vader's castle right yeah yeah i did yeah yeah and you were because i don't I, I don't know if 
I mean, I haven't. I don't know if the three of us did. Did any of us get on that? IDW, I, I feel like it, I just forget more often, and it's dumb because they put out great stuff. You know, I'm a big fan of of like the Halloween season, the horror, the the. I wouldn't really call it, I guess, like gory stuff. I'm not really into gory stuff, but you know, like Michael and and uh, you know Halloween and all those movies. I love all that stuff. I wouldn't say it's like my core focus because definitely that's Star Wars, but. Mixing the two together, uh, in my in my eyes, it's like, what can go wrong here? Yeah. Exactly. No, and yeah. they, so they definitely push that a lot. I think a lot of people are very excited to hear about that. And they're such unique stories. It's going to be such a fun it's, time. It's five, five books, right? Yes, I believe so. Okay. You know, this would be, this would be a great opportunity for us, like, as show hosts, like, be committed enough to jump in all at the same time together like with Dude, stuff like this i love I mean, they're coming out weekly so why, know, why don't we they're coming out weekly and like we have never been we've all we've all of us have been so wishy-washy about the comics like i know eric you've had a marvel unlimited subscription at one point and mm-hmm. charles and I, and I, and I, you read a lot of the comics too yeah i say all right you know what you heard it here first all these things we decide on air let's do return to vader's castle yeah, October, there's five issues. We'll, we'll, we'll read them weekly and we'll tell you about them. So the cool thing about <laughs> going over the comics uh, with each other is we can talk about not just what is going on, but the art, the, the actions, right? It's almost like we're watching a movie with each yeah. other. Uh, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and as listeners, I know when I, when I listen to uh, the indie cast, uh, they, they go over the, the comic book quite often, right? And, and what I like about it is it's almost like you're, you're watching a movie with them because they're going through the descriptions, they're going through the, the emotions. So, yeah, I think this is going to be a great opportunity to go over all that stuff. Yeah, I'm excited. So if you guys want to listen, or, uh, listen and read with us, um, jump in. These come out in October. When we can, you can get them through utini.com. So, yeah, this will be fun. I'm excited. Sweet. Now, and in other comics news, we got the official cover art to the Rise of Skywalker Allegiance books, which is G- 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 gorgeous. I mean, this we these were announced May the fourth, so we knew the series was coming. We knew they had something to do with the Mon Calamari, but man, these Chiquetto covers—they released wow. four of them. It is, it is jaw-dropping artwork, truly. We got all our main folks there. We got some Ray. We got Poe. We got Finn. We got Kylo, Leia. Everybody's on there, and it doesn't give you really any story, which is good. I want to be surprised. But the likenesses are great. They're kinetic. They're just yeah. I was blown away when they showed this as as yeah, a as a one long panel. It reminds me a lot of the uh, the big mural that they had at Celebration with all the characters and stuff on it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because they point. they released the they released the images like where they cut them down. Like like the comics, the individual issues are going to be like different pieces of the same artwork almost. So. Mm-hmm. It's I, I like it a lot. Is this a mini series? Has been confirmed to be a mini series. Yeah. Okay. Yep, four issues. I really this looks like it has the like quality to be like a full run comic series. So I really wish that it was, honestly. Yeah. So, but I'm I'm very excited about that. Now the cover artist Chiquetto is not the actual interior artist, but I believe Luke Ross is doing the interiors, who's also great. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like it's going to be important. It seems like these are going to be important because these are like all main characters on the covers. Mm-hmm. Like we don't know a lot about these yet, but like. Right. It sounds like it's going to have to do with the greater galaxy plot, which we have not really seen a lot of in, in right. the books or the comics. Like at least, at least pertain directly to the movies. The comics, honestly, probably crazy as it seems, more so than the books of being directly related to the films. I mean, the past, at least for sure. Yeah, which is and it seems like they're they're teasing some 
at least some pretty big things that could be going on. There's like a Luke V. Rancor-esque picture down in the bottom left with Ray fighting whatever this creature is here. Like that, I mean, that seems like a pretty significant event. Yeah, it's definitely got some big implications. So like the comics, if you're not reading the Star Wars comics, you, you don't have to read all of them, obviously, if you don't want. I know comics can get pricey as they go, but man, there's going to be some cool stories coming in here. Now, there's one other comic event I really want to talk about in a second, but before we get into that, I want to address one thing that wasn't mentioned at Comic-Con, and that's the Episode Nine novelization. Because in, at the Comic-Con before Last Jedi, we got announced that Jason Fry was writing Episode Eight. So I think a lot of us assumed that Charles Soule was plugging a really big announcement, and we all thought it was going to be the Episode Nine novelization. But it wasn't. So I want to ask the three of you, we don't have an author yet for Episode Nine, And I assume it's going to be uh, similar to Last Jedi. It'll come out in like March or something after the movie's long been out. You have your druthers. While knowing what projects the authors are currently working on, so it probably won't be a luminous author or something like that, who do you want to write the Episode Nine novelization? Who gets that gig? Oh, man, that's a hard one. It's super hard. That's why I asked it, and I don't want to answer immediately. Um... I would love to see the um, the guy who who wrote uh, the solo novelization to do. Oh no, Mer Lafferty. Mer Lafferty. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, it was it was yeah. Mer Lafferty. Yeah, I would love to see her again Ooh, because I like, love that solo was a great novelization. And honestly, probably the best novelization that we've gotten out of the new canon stuff. So. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. I would love that's to see great. her come back in. I doubt they'll do that though. For two in a row, that would surprise me. Yeah, that'd be a lot. I agree, and she. She did solo, but she there haven't really been murmurings of her with Star Wars as much since then, I don't think. Right. I mean, which could mean that this is what she's been doing, but I doubt that. I agree. Yeah, I feel like uh, who Charles I Fred? would... Yeah, who I would like to see do it is also someone that likely is not going to. But I would like to see Matthew Stover come back. I mean, we talked a lot about like the Revenge of the Sith novelization, and he did such a good job with... like pros and really making the story feel epic that I think you need that type of a feel for the novelization of episode nine, which is the so-called, you know, end of the Skywalker saga. Uh, So I think Mm -hmm. he would probably wrap it up nicely. Again, I don't think that's who it's going to be, but I think it would be a fun rendition. All right. Freddie, any thoughts? You know, James Luceno. I thought that might be where we're going, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of anticipated that was where this is going to. And, and yeah, he's I, I feel like choice. because he, he kind of has that old school vibe, right? But I feel like mm-hmm. having to see his point of view from what we're seeing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, James Luceno wrote um, Catalyst, Tarkin, uh, Darth Plagueis, a couple others. He's, yeah. he's, a, he's written a lot of – he's a really gritty author that we've talked about. He's one of, he's one of my favorite. In fact, I've said before that he is my favorite author. So yeah. my There's a James Luceno with... collection up on the website. Yes. Yeah. Brand That's new. Right, there is. Go check yeah. it out. I think my only thing with Luceno is that for the end of this trilogy, I think that there's a large part of – or the end of this you know, nine-film saga, I think there's a lot of emotional weight. And my only hang-up with Luceno is that he's so good at technical stuff – I don't know if like the pure raw human heart emotion of it is 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 his forte as then much. Let let Matthew Stover do it then. Man. Yeah, I mean, I like... love I love Stover to do it, and unfortunately, my only one I could think of as we're going around is also something that will not happen because obvious reasons. 
But I, I want Chuck Wendig to do it, man. After reading his last novel, like, I have been... Really? Yeah, no, because I know he got let go from Marvel because of ridiculous reasons. But after reading Wanderers, this honestly epic story that was vast and sprawling, but the character moments in that novel hit me so hard in a way that I that no novel has touched me in years. Interesting. I think that the gravity of emotional situations was very evident, like worldwide events were given their proper gravity, but at the same time, the individual character relationships were also so precious and so clear. And I think in this final movie, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be, you know, Ray and Finn having these quiet moments along with the galaxy-wide ramifications. Mm-hmm. And I think Chuck Wendig is the guy that, between Aftermath and Wanderers and his other work, really toes that line. But unfortunately, that's not going to be a possibility. So I'm excited to find out who we get. Yeah. When do you think we will get it? Do you think D- D23? D23, they got it. month. I mean, when else would they announce it? I mean, we're like, yeah. Ju- we're in July. It's a month from today, so. I think D23 will get the episode 9 novelization and maybe a Mandalorian trailer and, like, maybe a Cassian poster at most. That's that's reaching. That's reaching. But I think we'll get a Mandalorian a teaser trailer. for Cassian? Not even no. a teaser? No. I think, I think honestly, I can't. I just I cannot believe. Why do you think that they have not said anything about the novelization yet? I mean, we're so close to time. They've already released the entire marketing campaign surrounding the movie for the book. So I think it's just it's so it's so later in the release cycle. Like that book isn't going to be coming around out around the movie, and I think it's just the movie itself is such a mammoth marketing that they don't want to say. And remember, three months after, there's going to be a book. Like don't get don't let that get lost at this point would be my That's assumption. Fair. That's fair. But one yeah. thing I am excited about, guys, that is happening somehow. It is confirmed. We are getting the Rise of Kylo Ren comic miniseries from Charles Soul. I cannot believe this is happening. I, this is like this is like <laughs> what people were talking about when the Force Awakens came out. Like, give yeah. us these origins of these characters, like in story yep. form. Yeah. So for those of you that didn't see, Charles Soule confirmed in the Lucasfilm publishing panel, we are getting four issues about Kylo Ren's change from Ben Solo into Kylo Ren. So from him at Luke's temple, why he turned, where it all went, we're going to probably get introduced to the Knights of Ren, the novel that we on this very show have asked for time and time again, and it's all coming out before Rise of Skywalker, which excites me so greatly because... I originally wanted this as a novel, right? I wanted this whole story from Ben to Ren, as Charles Soule calls it. But I realize now in comic form, I'm going to see these guys on the page, and then I'll immediately be able to identify them in the movie. So my, my visually, I'm going to know who the Knights of Ren are while I'm sitting in episode 9. Because yeah, okay. I'll have read about them, like, a month ago. So we got this image of... The Knights of Ren, which is the coolest crap we've ever gotten <laughs> ever so in a release awesome. like this. Because, listen, we were talking about the Knights of Ren the first time we saw them. Because the only time we've seen the Knights of Ren is like a brief glimpse in Ray's vision in The Force Awakens, right? Yeah. So, like, and they were all shadowy. I remember when the trailer came out. Well, wasn't that in the trailer? I think it was. I'm pretty sure the Force it was. Awakens? Yeah, I'm pretty it sure the, sh- the shot of... Maybe not. In the rain. I'm crazy. Of, of, I of the, like the different nights. Anyway, I just remember everybody deciphering the vision like crazy back when the Force Awakens came out, and like mm-hmm. there were lots of zoomed in images looking at the knights and stuff, and like you couldn't really see them. Well, who are they? And people have been complaining that they've not been brought back ever since then. So 
Man, I'm so jacked about the Knights of Ren. I hope so, it's good. Is the entire story, I know we don't have much information, but like, is it confirmed to be all set prior to The Force Awakens? Or might there be anything that's more in the timeline of Rise of Skywalker? Because I saved this image on my phone when it came out. And now that I'm looking at it closer, I'm realizing for the first time that Kylo Ren's helmet is the broken like re-welded oh version God, of the right. helmet yeah which Dude, didn't yeah. happen obviously until tlj so is he with the knights of ren post when whenever he gets his mask remade i'm gonna Dude. throw something out that i didn't originally come up with this was talked about on friends of the force and i believe it was brad that had the idea because we talked about this a bit what if the comic is told in like a, somewhat of a flashback form so the main story is kylo finding the knights of ren post tlj getting them all together and as he's getting them together to kind of attack the resistance he's having flashbacks in the comic to when they all got formed so mm, and you which you can be, do yeah. with comic book art really easily so it's kylo yeah. realizing i thought i was going to be with ray as a team i thought we were going to remake the galaxy but now forget all that i'm going back to who i truly am which is kylo ren I'm, I'm the head of the knights of ren and i should actually be diving into the sith and maybe it's a doubling down on all that so as he's doing that, he's remembering all the events that led him to this path. That would be sick. So it's kind of like from his point of view. You know what would be really interesting if I know the whole Game of Thrones directors doing Disney stuff is all on, you know, who knows what's going to happen. But right. uh, it'd be interesting if this is kind of the story they took because it seems like it has that gritty nature that Game of Thrones had. Yeah. Mm, interesting. I, mean, I think... So in episode nine, we obviously can't, <laughs> there's a lot they have to do in this movie. So we're not going to be able to meet every single individual Knight of Ren, get their whole backstory, get their motivations, get all that stuff within the film, right? But I think there's definitely a possibility that within these comics, we can know the name of every Knight of Ren and what they, why they fell and why sure. they followed him. Yeah, that'd and be I, cool. Like the Inquisitors almost. Exactly, and I'm because they kind of they kind of look like Inquisitors in a lot of ways. Yeah, the design is definitely similar, and I think there's a possibility that, you know, uh, we know Dominic Monaghan is in this movie, and we don't know who he's playing. Is he a Knight of Ren? Yeah, I I don't know. I would be surprised if these are not if these guys are not featured pretty heavily in the film. Like, why else would they be releasing a comic like this? Like with all of them in it and. Like, because is, we've been yeah, asking is, for it for years. <laughs> that's true. Now all we need is a Snoke comic, and I will just be happy. We're for getting a Snoke comic next month. In the Age of Resistance, they're doing a Snoke comic. Yeah, but Boom. that's okay. Yeah, but that's not going to be like a Snoke series. Like, sure. it's, it's, okay, it's I hear single, you. I hear you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you freak me out for a minute. I'm like, whoa! Did I miss like the biggest <laughs> announcement it. ever? No, I remember that. Now, yeah, yeah. I, I'm anticipating that to be a little like the others. You know? Yeah. I mean. Dude, all I know is that I'm going to devour this comic, and when they inevitably announce the pop Funkos of all the Knights of Ren, <laughs> I am there day one. Oh my gosh. I how can't many, wait. How many Star Wars pops do you have? Not as many as are useful to sell. Um, not a lot. <laughs> not, as, not as many as like most of the people I see online that keep them in the boxes and stuff, because I hang them and do all kinds of fun stuff. Okay, okay. But yeah, man, once the Rise of Skywalker ones come out, it's gonna it's gonna increase by quite a bit. We sh- we need to find local comic book stores in our respective areas and find these comics and read them together because it's gonna be exciting. I'm all about it. I mean, the story I'm we not wanted. Even, 
I've not even looked for a comic book store since I moved to my new place. So you got to well, and because I know a lot of us that read that have read the comics, we love Charles Soule's Dar- uh, Darth Vader run that he yeah, did with true. Lord of the Sith yep. with Momin and all that stuff was incredible. So I think ultimately, like this is an announcement no one expected. Honestly, it's kind of the only thing that I would that could make me excited because if if you would have told me we're not getting Luminous. We're not getting episode nine. I would have been like, okay, fine. Then what in the world do I care about? Oh, the Knights of Ren? Got it. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. That's seriously. it. Yeah, because they released so little information about um, Allegiance and Vader, Vader's Castle. But, like, the Knights of Ren has got everything we need on the cover. Yes. <laughs> it's got the Knights of Ren. So, <laughs> like, the freaking Knights of Ren. That's all you need, man. That's all we've been asking for. Yeah. I can't wait to have a favorite knight of Ren that is not Kylo. You know, like we can each go around and be like, oh, I liked this guy because of this thing. Or I like this one, you know? Yeah. That's going to be like, fun. Like like the handmaidens in uh, Queen Shadow? Exactly. <laughs> no, they're or, all the same. Or the Jedi Council. Like, who's going to be the Plo Koon of the Knights of Ren? That's what I need to yes. know. Yeah. Uh, well, stay tuned. We'll obviously be covering that as they come out because the story implications are meant to be huge. Real quick, before we uh, wrap this up, we got a lot of really cool Twitter shout-outs about this. I asked on Twitter uh, what some people thought, and I want to run down these comments, and I want to get your guys' reactions to them. All right? So I asked, what are your initial thoughts on the rise of Kylo Ren? And we had a couple people have generally the same idea. Our first one is from Ross Grieco? Grieco? I think it's Grieco. G-R-I-E-C-O. Who said, totally thrilled, but... I hope this series is only one small segment of the story. I don't want those years crammed into four issues. What do you think? Do you want a small story or do you want kind of like time lapses? Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, even if – see, the thing is, though, even if they do giant gaps in story, that just means there's big gaps in between for more story. So I don't I don't have a problem with, with either. Um, I think I'm kind of opposite, actually. I think I would like to see like really early in one issue – Force Awakens in one issue, Last Jedi in one issue, Rise of Skywalker in one issue. That's four, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I think ultimately I want the entire story, right? I want to know everything that happened. I don't care if it's in four issues of a comic right now or whether it's four issues for now and then we get a novel later. I don't – as long as I get the story, I'm I'm fine with it. Agreed. Freddie, anything to yeah. throw on the end of that? Yeah, so I think – I think I'd go with Corey on this one. It'd be nice to have different, I guess, different eras, right? Different things happening. And that way, mm-hmm. you know, we get one story about one one era or whatever it is regarding and then a book series or something, right? Like, or a book, right? Just kind of yeah. like what Charles said. I think that's the best way to probably capitalize on it, on it, on it as well. Totally agree. So, Russ, hope that, hope that helps out a bit. And we will definitely be following up with you as that comes out. We also got a comment from Hope and Chris, who are at J Guys and Jedi with a nice little Captain Rex icon there, which I love. And they said, I've always been a bit meh about Kylo Ren, but it's Charles Soul. Soul made me love Vader for the first time ever with his run of comics. He gave me the Grand Inquisitor backstory. He gave me Lord Momin. If anyone can make me like Kylo Ren, it's Charles Soul. Soul's run of Darth Vader is probably one of my top favorite pieces of Star Wars ever in the top 10. Read it at least five times and love it so much. So, I mean, as we've all said already on here, massive faith in Charles Soule for what he can do with this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, his easily, expansion easily of mythology the, is amazing. Easily the best choice for doing something like this. Yep, without a doubt. 
Uh, we also got a nice, fun reaction from Friends of the Force. Another shout-out to them, which was just the Kermit screaming gif, which I felt ig- pretty intensely <laughs> when they announced this. Um, yes. Benjamin Akers, a shout-out to you, at Chinsy Beatnik, said, Can't wait. Soul is a great pick for the writing. Could be a really big piece of the puzzle that is the Star Wars canon right now, which mm-hmm. I think we all agree. Um, I know we've said that once Episode Nine comes out, there's probably going to be a lot more... Um, stories and filler in, especially like pre-episode seven, when that will get. So it's yeah. kind of exciting that they're starting to kind of put those pieces together. Uh, last few, Andrew Bell, our, our buddy of uh, at Andrew underscore D underscore Bell, simply just says, "It's about damn time." <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's, that's so accurate. I have been yeah. thirsty for years, and now you have led me to the well, Charles Soul. So that's thank you right. for that. <laughs> Dylan Sasser, who made one of our Starfighter squadrons a couple of episodes back, says this and Shrek Five are all I've ever wanted. So, uh, <laughs> so I guess they're good here. That's great. Uh, Timothy, our Patreon dude, Timothy, friend of all podcasts. Um, he says more like the rise of Skywalker. Nudge, nudge. I'm like, yes, we are obviously all way more excited about that, but. Rise of Kylo Ren being the rise of Skywalker himself, Ben Solo, Skywalker blood. What I mean, the hell? That has never even occurred to me before. He's Is he technically a Skywalker? Or is the I mean, baby that like, that he has with uh, Rey the with Skywalker? Rey. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, God, and Twitter explodes. <laughs> the Raylo baby. Raylo. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, oh. yes. If you have never seen the... Ever-growing Star Wars Raylo erotica aspect of Twitter. Go find it; it's fascinating. It's easy and to find. A little disturbing. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Raylo community is is so lovely, and there's so many awesome, specifically podcasts. I know Sky Talkers talk a lot about Raylo, and there's a lot of great users about it. But yeah, some of it gets uh, it's pretty not safe for work at times. Spicy. So if you're bored yeah. on your lunch break, throw up an incognito browser and have fun. <laughs> Not too much fun, though. You don't want to get caught reported to HR. <laughs> uh, a couple other tweets. Uh, our friends at Nerd Herder uh, tweeted at us. They said uh, they've been waiting patiently for this one. Super excited since Sold is writing 100%. Um, at Amy Cow. Oh, man, the, the name got cut off. Her, her username is 100% Vader Garbage. So <laughs> bless you for that. So naturally, she says, so excited. There's no one better that handled it than Charles Soul. His Vader run is top-notch, and he can write great, complex villains. And finally, a shout-out to Adam Dyson, who is new in our Discord, actually, at Young Animus. Uh, has been very active, so what's up, oh, Adam? Yeah. Simply echoes all of our sentiments and says, it needs to get in my life now. Yeah. Um, so unanimous love for this idea. Unanimous love for Charles Soule. Unanimous love for the Knights of Ren. And I, I still can't believe it's happening, guys. Yeah, I still it, can't it believe it's, it's a it thing. Doesn't, it doesn't matter how you feel about Kylo Ren. Uh, everybody's excited for the Knights of Ren yeah. because it's a great and, idea. And I think that there, this isn't going to be one of those things where it seems like a big announcement and then you end up getting the product itself and like it's a little bit lackluster, like nothing huge happens. I don't think that's what's happening because I saw Charles Soule say like that he's barely prepared for this. Like He knows that yeah. the fans are like chomping at the bit and he said that as the writer himself... like. He's barely prepared for what's going to happen in this comic, so it's going to be you big. Imagine the pressure that he must feel because comics have so little dialogue in them. So, like to tell to tell a story people have been asking for in a comic is 
brave. I'm, yeah, because he's been having some great. Com- I mean, his, his comics career outside of Star Wars is also great. I mean, he's been doing amazing stuff. But it, it is cool to hear that he has like that nervousness in a way because it shows that he has such reverence for the material, and right. we all couldn't be more excited for that. And that was honestly, it feels weird to say, and that was it. Like for Comic Con, it was a relatively small amount of announcements, but. Man, you can tell just by how long we've been going on about it. Like, uh, it, there's never been a better time to be a Star Wars fan. Yeah, and that's so true. And it's a this, great time for all of us to really commit to the comics because we, yeah. we've all of us have been wishy-washy. I think up to this point, like I have all of them on the shelf behind me over here. You can see I have not read most of them. So, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I'm ready to dive in. So we're gonna be touching Return to Vader's Castle, Allegiance, and the Rise of Kylo Ren, and we'll talk about as many as we can on the show. And tweet at us with your thoughts, again, about them, about which ones you're most excited for. As you're reading, give us some recommendations because, man, come this fall and winter, we are going to be up to our necks in Star Wars content. So we're kind of, I'm kind of already trying to brace myself for when I'm reading two books, playing a game, watching a show, reading comics, and getting ready for this movie. And I can't wait. I'm going to quit my job. I think that's yes. a good point. I think it's a good idea, Charles. I think you're already ready to quit your job. (laughs) No, no, no. All right. Well, guys, last thing I want to ask before we get out of here, the three of you, out of all the stuff we talked about, um, what this, let's say just overall, this fall, this winter, you can't say episode nine, but out of all these comics, all the novels, and the game we're getting, what's the one thing you're most excited about right now that you cannot wait to dive into? Corey, let's start with you. Mandalorian? (laughs) Yeah, no question, man. I was so disappointed in Celebration Chicago when they didn't show the deleted footage and had to wait like all of like three minutes for it to leak onto YouTube. Like that was, I'm so excited for Mandalorian. Eight right. hours of Star Wars. Give me yeah. all of it. God, you're so right, yeah. Charles. That was actually hands down going to be my answer as well. It is the gateway to to all live action Star Wars moving forward. That it does not have to be in the theater, and I think that's going to be a major part of the story moving forward. Dang, Freddy? Definitely 100% The Mandalorian, but also Vader's Castle. <laughs> all right, all okay. right, cool. so we'll get an we'll uh, honorable mention. Um, I mean, I'm going to round this out. I'm going to go Mandalorian as well, but I'm going to give a little more than a slight mention to uh, Resistance Reborn. I cannot wait for that book. It's the first yeah. time we're getting that Journey 2 novel that's going to be a direct lead-in, and I'm really excited to see what mm-hmm. happens in that year. So. Definitely the most excited I've ever been for a book that's been in a uh, like the Journey series of books. No question. Yeah. And we'll be going to bring it to you every week, every Thursday. We're going to be telling you guys all about this stuff and undoubtedly about all the new info we're going to get every single week. But with that, that's going to do it for this week's episode of The Living Force. Thank you for listening. And if you're new, do not forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts and tune in every week to hear us over at Utini talk about the Star Wars Expanded Universe. Please leave us a review on iTunes to help people find us and head over to utini.com for reviews, articles, and comprehensive book profiles on every single story in the Star Wars galaxy. If you want your thoughts on the show, email us at livingforcepod at utini.com Tweet at us like a bunch of people did this week at Living Force Pod, or join our Utini Discord community by going to utini.com slash discord. Now you can find us personally on Twitter at Eric Eilerson for me, Corey is at DocStarWarsMD, Freddy is at WakeUpFreddy, Charles is at C. Henkel. Now a special thank you, as always, to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor. 
Freddy, you get two thank yous because you're also our producer. And to Wes, our community manager. Thanks to Corey, Charles, and Freddie for podcasting with me. And as always, may the force be with you. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars fan code. Embrace it. Live by it. And above all, trust in the living force. That's all for this week. Join our community and surround yourself with like-minded fans by visiting us online at utini.com. Until next time, may the force be with you.